Welcome to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. John is the bishop of the Interdenominational Order of Missioners of the Holy Spirit, and he's the founder of Hope on the Way Ministries. Now, join Father John and discover hope and relevant answers in following Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And today we're looking at Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 39, and we welcome those of you who are listening by podcast. And today's message is how to overcome the fear of man. How to overcome the fear of man. Fear is a powerful emotion, is it not? But it's given to us by God. Fear is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, God gave us the emotion of fear so that we could be alerted to, so that we could avoid destructive and dangerous beliefs, ideas, objects, situations, and even dangerous people. Have you ever been somewhere and maybe a stranger approached you and you thought, creep, (laughs) danger alert, creep. All right, it's probably the gift of discernment of spirits is is that a little bit of fear rose up in you, a little bit of discernment. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus gives four commands to His followers regarding fear. Three are negative which start with, do not fear. But one is positive that starts with, yeah, you need to fear. You need to fear. So, verse 26, let's go through the negative ones. Don't fear those who slander you because of me, Jesus said. Hey, if they called me a demon, what are they going to call you? Hey, if they called him a demon, what are they going to call me? What are they going to call you? Verse 28, don't fear those who kill the body because of me, Jesus said, because they can't kill your soul. I don't know about you, but that's a little harder for me. (laughs) (laughs) If someone's standing over me with a sword and said, hey, say some bad words about the Lord, or don't say anything at all about the Lord, I'd be a little bit afraid, maybe. But Jesus' command is, don't fear those who can kill your body, because they can't kill your soul. And in verse 31, Jesus says, don't fear those who kill the body because of me, because God loves you. God loves you. He says, don't you know that every hair on your head is numbered? So even though they can kill your body, they can't kill your soul, and they can never kill the love that the Father has for you. Three negatives. Don't fear, don't fear, don't fear. And now the positive one in this passage of Scripture. In verse 28 of Matthew 10, Jesus says, Do fear. Do fear. Did you know Jesus commanded you to be afraid? He commanded you to be afraid of a righteous God That will decide the eternal state of all humanity. And this word fear, it shouldn't be seen as terror. Like, I'm terrorized by God. No, you should have a reverent fear of the Lord. 
This is something that, for whatever reason, the church is kind of having some trouble talking about in this day and age. Don't talk about the fear of the Lord. You don't want people thinking God is mad at them. Well, for some people, God is very angry. Righteous anger and God's righteous anger and His just judgment will send some people into the eternal fires of an eternal hell. And it's not good news. And it's not what God wants. So, in this passage of Scripture, what's the Lord saying to us about how to overcome the fear of man? Because obviously, what Jesus wants you to be is a courageous and bold follower of His. Someone who's willing boldly and courageously to say what you believe, to live what you believe, and to tell and share it with others. Am I right? He doesn't want you to do that timidly. He, doesn't, he wants you to do it boldly. He wants you to do it courageously. Jesus says in verse 27, He said, what I've told you in the dark, in the secret places, speak in the daylight. What's whispered in your ear, shout it from the rooftops. So, to overcome the fear of man, I think what Jesus is telling His disciples in this passage of Scripture is that we, that you need to have some realistic expectations. You know what I really think scares a lot of us? Is not knowing what will happen. Does that ever scare you? If I do this, what's going to happen? A lot of us have a fear of the unknown. And some of us more than others are creatures of routine because of it. So when you speak out boldly and courageously and you testify about the truthfulness of the Gospel, when you testify about the goodness of God and the ministry of Jesus, things aren't going to be well. You're going to get lashback. Jesus said, listen, if they call me a demon, what are they going to call you? So don't expect that your faith in Jesus, your testimony about Him, is going to earn you any accolades from the people of this world, especially this oppositional culture that we live in. Jesus says to His disciples, do you think I came to bring peace to the earth? That's the, the Jesus the world wants. A Jesus that says, oh, that's okay. Oh, you believe that way? That's okay. You have your own views on religion? That's okay. You want to live life the way you want it? That's okay. Let's not, why, why are we so concerned about all these behaviors and attitudes? And why do we have to talk about sin at all? Why can't we just talk about good? If that's the Jesus you want, Jesus says, listen, I haven't come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. I've come to divide family members. And in fact, if you love your sons or daughters more than you love me, then you're not worthy at me. These are the words of either a lunatic, a cult leader, or someone who indeed is true man, true God, the Messiah of creation. Take your pick. Take your pick. You have to understand. You have to understand. 
when it comes to overcoming the fear of this oppositional culture, what it's going to take for you to follow Jesus. Because honestly, some of you who were led into the sinner's prayer, that's all you were led into. Hey, would you like to have your sins forgiven and your, life, and your fire insurance paid up? Yeah, sounds great. But what's the catch? What's the catch? Jesus said, you have to be my disciple. You have to follow me. I'm not preaching works righteousness. I'm just preaching what Jesus said. Is that cheap grace isn't available on the cheap. Jesus died for it. It was expensive. And we have to respond. What does it take to follow Christ in an oppositional culture? Some of us, honestly, some of us who are older is that we have no idea because we've never lived in an oppositional culture. We've told people, well, I go to church and so-and-so, and everybody goes, isn't that wonderful? They still do that in parts of the United States in what we call the Bible Belt. But in much of the Western world, even in much of America now, is that we live in an oppositional culture. And here's what it's going to take as the times get darker. As we move closer and closer to the end of the age and the increase in wickedness and the resistance of this culture to the things of the Lord, to the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, is this is what it's going to take. And I don't say this lightly. Nor did Jesus. Verse 38, Whoever does not take up their cross and follow Me is not worthy of Me. And whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for My sake will find it. Many years ago, Coptic Christian young men were led by ISIS onto a beach in Libya. They were in orange jumpsuits. And each one of them had their heads sliced off. Are we in the West ready for that kind of commitment that it will take to follow Jesus as we go further and further towards the end of the age? Are we really for? And think about this. How on earth could these Coptic Christian young men go through that? Well, how long had they been living in an oppositional culture that wanted them dead. As long as they could remember, they expected to die for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ and as a testimony to Him. It's going to take realistic expectations. So once you go into the world, sent in from the church and into the world to be Christ's hands, His feet, His eyes, His mouth, yes, even His mind to an unbelieving world and an oppositional world. Expect opposition. Expect fierce pushback. Get your expectations right. The next thing you need to do is to get a proper perspective. Alright, I'm going to do a little confession today. I'm a little bit addicted to YouTube. I like to watch sailing shows. I have no desire to sail, but I like to watch sailing shows. And I know that's weird. Okay, That's just a little weird. I like to watch these people who sail around the world. And sailing craft. Little, little 30-foot yachts and things. And one of the cool things they do is that as they're sailing, they'll send up a drone. 
so you can see them sail, you know, really high in the sky, or you'll see them send up a drone on the island that they've landed on. And it gives you a completely different perspective of what is going on around them. The higher you get, the greater the perspective. And to overcome the fear of man in the times we live in is that you're going to need a drone perspective so you can see the big picture. And the thing that gives you the big picture and the perspective that you need to live courageously and boldly in these days for Christ is the fear of the Lord. Let me ask you this to those of you who are listening. Do you have a reverent fear of the Lord? If you don't, you won't have the perspective to live boldly and courageously for Christ in this oppositional culture. Proverbs 9.10, many of you are familiar with that passage. You can say it with me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's where it all begins. Jesus said this. He says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot be the soul. Kill the soul. But then He goes to the positive. What you need to do. Rather, fear the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. How would our culture be different if we recovered a reverent fear for the Lord widespread in our culture, we would have a different culture. Today I read the news is that some guys just in the middle of the day ran into this bakery, a bakery for goodness sakes, a little mom and pop shop, ransacked it and robbed it. Broad daylight. Did they have the fear of the Lord? No, they did not. No, they did not. You see, the fear of the Lord tells us that only God deserves our unquestioning loyalty. Only God does. And without the fear of the Lord, without the fear of the Lord, you will not answer to God. But you'll answer to something else or someone else. And I, I hope there are people listening to me out in the internet world who are saying, well, you know, Father John, I just kind of tuned in here, and to be honest with you, the one I answer to is me. And that's kind of the culture I live in. I don't know about you, but people think, I answer to myself. There was a man who lived in a previous century in the 1800s. His name was Aleister Crowley. He was one of the most notorious Satanists of the modern age. And he said this. He said, what is Satanism? can be summed up in the whole of the law is, do you know it? Do what you want to do. Do what that will. That's the whole of the law. And so we have a whole generation of people who are doing exactly what they want to do without any fear of the Lord. And if that's who you are, you are a functional Satanist, whether you believe in Satan or not. And I hope that scares you. I hope that frightens you and leads you to repentance. And I want to go further. Being bold and courageous and saying that any belief or any belief system that is not anchored in the fear of the God of the Bible, the God of Israel, Yahweh, the triune God, the God who is uncreated yet created anything, is that those belief systems, religions, whatever, that aren't anchored in the reverence of the fear of the Lord are bankrupt, and they will lead you to destruction, to disaster, and to an eternity without the Lord. You see... Christ said 
these very difficult things, like pick up your cross and follow me. Uh, no thank you, Lord. <laughs> that wasn't on my agenda for today. Jesus said these, these controversial, these demanding things. Hey, if you love your kids more than me, then you're not worthy of me. You love your mom and dad more than me. You're not worthy of me. You see, he's claiming to be God. Because if he wasn't God, they'd be breaking one of the Ten Commandments, which is honor your mother and father. You see, Jesus said these things so that you would lose your fear of man because when you have a fear of man, that fear will control and manipulate you. That's what fear does. It, it controls and it manipulates. Let me say it again. Fear can be weaponized. It can control you and manipulate you. Can you think of any example of that in the last four years where fear was used to control and manipulate society, people, churches? Yeah. Yeah, open your eyes, church. Open your eyes. Is that God wants us to lose the fear of man? And I want to be the first to say that there's a fine line between boldness and courage for the Lord and prideful presumption and obnoxiousness. There are some people who are just bold and they're courageous for the Lord and they're examples to us, and there are some people who honestly are just pain in the necks. They're just angry, mean people who use God as cover, whatever they're doing. And so, why are some people, in the name of Jesus, prideful, presumptuous, and obnoxious? Obnoxious. I think often, often the reason folks are like this is due to insecurity. Due to insecurity. And insecurity, I think, oftentimes at its roots is caused by fear. And fear is caused because we lack being loved. Because in 1 John 4.18, John says that perfect love drives out fear. So when you're controlled by ungodly fear, you're going to act out in ungodly ways, even in the name of the Lord, because you have never received the love of the Lord. And that's the, the last thing I want to bring to your attention, that I think Jesus is saying in this Scripture that you can overcome your fear of man, your fear of this oppositional culture to live boldly and courageously for Him through receiving God's gift of love. Remember Jesus said, you know, I'm laying a lot on you. I'm laying a lot on you. Pick up your cross. Be willing to lay down your life. Don't fear those who kill your body. It's bad enough they ruin your reputation. But he says, listen, every hair on your head is numbered. Every head. Every hair on your head. So don't be afraid. Why, 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 should, I, why should that spur me not to be afraid? Okay, God, God knows every hair on my head, so I shouldn't be afraid. I mean, is Jesus saying that literally? Is He trying to tell us something? Is that He loves you. He loves you. He knows everything about you. Even the details of how many hairs are on your head. You see, the number one reason God wants to send you boldly and courageously into a world that hates Him is because of love. 
That's why Jesus came. Didn't He come in the name of love? That's His number one reason. John 3.16, For God so loved the world. Why are you going in the world? Are you going in the world courageously and boldly because you're obnoxious and you're prideful? You've got a chip on your shoulder? Are you going in the world because of the love of Christ compels you? Are you going because God so loved the world that He sent His Son and now His Son is sending you? For the sake of God's love for a lost, fallen, and sinful humanity, Christ is asking you to do something. He's asking you to follow His missional example. His example of courageous love and go into a world that desperately needs Him. Are you ready to do that? If you are, you need to have realistic expectations. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a cakewalk. People aren't going to applaud you. Oh, you stick up for Jesus. The Jesus of the Bible. Oh, you're a Christian fundamentalist. Oh, how nice. How wonderful. Oh, I see you have your Bible under your arm. You carry it on your phone. How wonderful. No, you're going to get pushback. You're going to need realistic expectations. You're going to need the fear of the Lord. That perspective. That yeah, when the going gets rough, look at the big picture. Look at the big picture. Life is more about the other side than this side. And you're going to need, you're going to need the gift of God's love. You're going to have to remember as you go boldly and courageously obeying Jesus' commands to fear not while you do it, all the time having the fear of the Lord with you, is that you're going to have to remember that if they called Jesus a demon, how much more are they going to abuse you verbally? And also, as you go, remember, no matter what they do to you, no matter what they say about you, is that every hair of your head is numbered by God. So do not be afraid, little ones. You are loved by your Heavenly Father who is and always will be the Almighty, the uncreated God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. We invite you to subscribe or follow this podcast on your preferred podcasting platform. To find out more about Hope on the Way Ministries and Father John, check out our website at hopeontheway.info. That's hopeontheway.info. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the companionship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.